This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Brian Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Well, it's good to be here. You know, Pastor Mike was talking about uh, cars out there, you know, and, and the fence protecting uh, uh, the kids and things and teenagers driving fast. You know, just it gave me, brought back these memories of uh, back when I drove his car. He had this, a Buick Park Avenue. This sucker was called White Lightning. That's what we called it because it had a 3800 V6. And this baby would scream. How do you know? Well, because I drove that sucker like it was a race car. <laughs> so when he said that, man, I just like flashed back. I'm like, yeah, man, drove that, that car. No, we're not going to tell him about that. We're not going to tell him about outrunning the police or anything like that because that would just not be, that would not be good. And that would just kind of, you know, I don't want to lose respect with people that are in the room today. So that never happened. And uh, so, so yes, uh, let this thing turn off. Okay, well, hey, I want, to, I want to talk to you guys today about some stuff. And I know that, uh, you know, Pastor made some comments about, uh, you know, the effectiveness of online, uh, the online thing. And, and, and it has been effective. Uh, you know, through the, through the months, there have been those that have taken advantage of, uh, of that, uh, you know, way of or partaking. And I'm glad for it because, you know, in this time, you know, in the times that we're going through right now, um, you know, there are certain individuals that because of health conditions and things like that, that's what they've got to do. They've got to watch through the internet. And I think that that is perfectly fine. Uh, but, but there's some other statistics that are, are a little bit saddening, um, you know, um, one of the statistics that I found was is that uh, um, only 30% of Christians say that they've streamed a service at all. Uh, 50% of adults say they have not streamed a message in the last month, which to me is kind of like, man, that's a bummer, you know, because pre, pre-COVID, you know, uh, kind of the national average of, of attendance was about 75%, you know, people would attend about 75% of the month. So now, uh, you know, uh, on the back side of that, what we're seeing is, is that people are attending uh, church less. And, uh, you know, a third of Christians who have a home church are actually streaming from another church. And um, I found this one to be interesting. Of those that stream, 15% are multitasking. I mean, I wonder how much they get out of it, right? Some, some have said that the, the average is 12 minutes. That's the average stream time for an individual that's watching a service is, is 12 minutes. So I guess I got about 12 more. Actually, I got 10 more minutes because I've burned up two of them talking about these statistics. Um, but, but really, probably the, probably the most startling one for me is, is uh, the statistic that says that 33% of Christians have stopped going to church altogether, altogether. I, I've talked with individuals who, who don't stream at all, and, and they have, they've literally, before they were coming to church regularly, and now they have stopped coming to church. And as, you know, pastor has said, periodically we'll come into contact with people, and, and uh, they'll say, hey, we, we go to your church. And, and many times, you know, pastor's like, you go to our church? Really? You know, and, and he'll just kind of take their word for it and smile and nod, you know, and then he'll come back to staff and he'll say, hey, I met some, somebody at the store the other day and, and uh, they said they go to our church. And they were like, okay, well, what'd they look like? You know, what was their name? And we're kind of looking through the, the you know, our, our attendance and things like that. And we're like, no, I don't, I don't 
think they've been here before, you know? But yet, in their mind, they go to our church. And, and I think that that's okay, but today is going to be a little bit challenging for you guys. I, I don't know about you, but I, I think that through life, we need to be challenged in what it is that we do. And so some of these things and, that I say could be challenging, but it's for your own good. Guys, like I, I have a pastor's heart. I, I care about people. And I want people to, uh, to come into their potential and come into their fullness and, and, and all that it is that God has for them. And so when I, when I walk in times like this, I, I look, this is what I'm looking at. I'm looking at, at how it's affecting mankind. I'm looking at how it's affecting Christians. I'm looking at, the, the, at their habits and what it is that they're doing. And I, and I see this, this drawing away. And so, you know, truthfully, I think that, you know, this idea that, uh, you know, a third of Christians have stopped going to church, you know, I think that really we all need to stop going to church. Now, dad said to me, he said, what are, you, what are you talking about this morning? I said, well, the title of my message is Stop Going to Church. <laughs> and he looked at me and he's like, I really hope you have a punchline. <laughs> and it's so funny because, you know, he introduces me, you know, and I, I help and I do all of these different things. And you guys are probably all thinking to yourselves, man, I wonder who the new guy is going to be next week. <laughs> Truthfully, I think, I think that we should all stop going to church because I think it's the very, very, the very thing that people, they need to see. And, and I think that there's people in here that need to see it. But our highest calling, guys, God's highest calling for our lives, and if you guys are taking notes, uh, there were some notes that were out there. I'd, I'd encourage you to get those out and write on those, doodle on those, do whatever it is, you know, write in the answers. I'm giving away prizes at the end. Uh, you know, I know Wanda Hummel, I, I, I like to give her grief every time I speak. Why? Because She's a teacher. She was a teacher for years and years and years, but she hates outlines. <laughs> and today she was sitting in the hall and she was razzing me. She's like, hey, you got an outline today? I'm like, absolutely, Wanda. And then I walked a little bit farther and I turned around and I said, ah, yes, the teacher becomes the student. But truthfully, listen, I encourage you guys because the thing is, is there are statistics out there that talk about that the, the people learn audibly, they learn visually, which we got, uh, um, you know, the, the slides up there. But write it down. It's, it's going to help you to remember what it is that we're talking about and what it is that God has for you. And so God's highest calling, just as it says up there for your first blank, is, is to, uh, never to just go to church. The church isn't a building. It's not a destination. We are called to be conformed to the image of God. We've been talking about this in youth, that, 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 that through our mind, we need to renew our mind and become conformed in the image of Christ. It's not just to go to church, but to be planted in the church and be the church. All of you guys that are sitting in here today, you are the church. There is potential there is, is something inside of you that God wants to do. When you leave this building that we call a church, the church is leaving the building to go out and to influence this world in a dark, dark time. And so you have to understand and know in your heart that it is not, we have to stop just, oh, we're just going to go to church. No, we have to understand and get into our hearts and into our minds that we are the church. And maybe it's time to, instead of, 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 of 
you know, going to church, what we need to do is be planted. And that's really the whole idea today, is, is this whole idea of let's stop going to church and let's become planted. Because I'm telling you guys, the, the, the whole heart behind this message is, is what I see in this world today. And, and, and you, can, you can, you know, we can sit around and everybody can give their opinion, but at the end of the day, the enemy is trying to get people to not be planted in the church. Because he knows, he, he knows he's like, hey, you know what, I don't care if, if they're going to church once a month. I don't care if they're listening once a month. But if they're, if they're planted, then we got a problem. He's okay with this, but he's not okay with an individual being planted in the church. And so that's the whole idea, that's the whole punchline, and I hope that I have a job come Monday. But in, in Psalms 92, let's look at Psalms 92, and I put it there in your notes so that you can refer to it later. It says in verse 12 that the righteous will flourish. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. So, you know, that word flourish, it's kind of a weird word, isn't it, you know? It's, it's not every day that you use the word flourish. You know, if somebody comes up to me, I don't say, hey, how are you doing? I am flourishing, right? <laughs> like Wanda, when she said, good morning, Brian, how are you doing? I didn't say, I'm flourishing, Wanda. I'm absolutely flourishing. No, I didn't say that. And like when I go to, you know, I'll go to Chick-fil-A and I drive through and they say, how are you doing today, sir? I'm flourishing. Now, listen, Chick-fil-A, if you're in Chick-fil-A driveway, you are flourishing, or you're about to flourish, right? <laughs> Who likes Chick-fil-A? Anybody in here? Oh my gosh, Chick-fil-A is amazing. You don't use that word. Flourishing is not a normal word, but in this verse of Scripture, it's saying that we will flourish. What does flourish mean? It means to thrive, it means to grow spiritually. It means to be strong. It means to be in faith, prospering, growing, succeeding, increasing. That's what flourishing means. And the word tells us right here, and the psalmist goes on to say, he compares it to two trees. Flourishing, he compares it to two trees. The first tree is a, a cedar tree. And cedars are known for their durability. If you ask any builder, any person that, that, that builds things, cedar is used because it, you know, bugs don't like it and it's strong. And we see uh, builders, they'll build decks out of it. My wife, she built a cedar chest. Things weighs about 500 pounds and we move it from one end of the basement to the other end of the basement. But it's durable, strong. I mean, I've dropped that thing a bunch of times. It's strong, right? I mean, you guys remember Solomon, when he built his temple, what did he use? he used? He used cedar timbers because it was durable, because he wanted it to last, because it smelled good, right? There's this one guy in our church, he built a, a cedar uh, uh, closet for his wife's, all of her robe, robery, right? It smelled so good. You walked in there, it's like, let's not put anything in here. This is amazing, Right? But cedar, it's strong, it's, 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 it's durable, it's, lo it's long-lasting. Another one is a palm tree. Uh, you know, and a, a palm tree is, 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 is likened by the psalmist to, to be, um, and, and we know that palm branches are a symbol of what? Triumph. 
They're a symbol of, of victory. The Romans actually in the beginning, when the Olympics started, they rewarded the Olympic champions with a palm branch because it was one of victory. How many of you guys remember when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey? What was that called? It was called the triumphant entry, right? And there was a palm branch, a representative of, of triumph and victory. The righteous will flourish. How are you going to do that? How, you know, how are you doing? Are you flourishing? I mean, can you, I know we joked about that being a weird word, but like when somebody comes up to you and says, how are you doing? Oh man, I'm flourishing. Or is it on the other side? Ah oh, man, things are rough. Things aren't good. Things aren't going well. My, my son or my daughter, they're not doing what it is I think they should be doing. Are you flourishing? God wants us to flourish. And, and both of them are like evergreens all year long producing. These trees are all year long producing uh, year after year, flourishing. There's life, there's strength, there's victory in these things. And that's what God wants in our lives. It goes on to say that the righteous will flourish like a palm tree and they will grow like a cedar of Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord. He wants us to be planted in the house of of the Lord. They will flourish. So when, we're, when we are planted in the house of the Lord, that's when we flourish. That's when we have victory. That's when we triumph. And that's what it is that he wants. It doesn't say, it does not say, that verse of scripture, if you look at it again, it doesn't say the ones that go to church will flourish. It doesn't say that. It says that the ones that are planted in the house of God will flourish flourish, those that are planted. It goes on to say there in verse 14, they will still bear fruit in their old age. Now, I'm not looking at anybody, but we got some old people in here, right? This is a good promise for you, right? This is a good promise for me. I just had a birthday. For, you know, even in our old age, even in our old age, you guys should be shouting and thanking God right now, right? Even in your old age, you will still stay fresh and green. You don't want to be old and dry and crusty. No. He said you will flourish when you are planted. And even in your old age, you will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright and he is my rock. Those who are planted, those are the ones that are flourishing. Those are the ones that are blessed. Those are the ones that are connected and emotionally engaged in the body life of the church. The ones that are planted. They're like, man, I'm all in. It's who I am. I don't just go to a place. I'm not just going to show up and, and consume and just take what it is that the pastor has to go. Oh, that was great. Oh, no, that was not good. You know? No, I'm 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 planted. I'm here to, to be a part. I'm here to bring what it is that I have. I know I, I've got some issues and I need you know, help and I need uh, you know, things in my life, but I'm here to give what it is that I have. And I'm bringing and I'm, I'm, I'm planted. I'm gonna stand on a stage and I'm gonna sing. I'm gonna be in a room with kids and I'm gonna teach because I'm planted. I'm here. And, and I know that when I'm planted, my life will flourish. And, and it'll be a, an example. It'll be something that other people can, can partake of too. But unfortunately, so many do not experience 
this life that we talk about when it comes to flourishing. You know, some, you know we, could, we could look at the side of flourishing, but we could also say, well, I, I'm not flourishing. My life is spiritually dry. Some might say, well, you know, I'm just, you know, I've had a lot of tough things in my life, and emotionally, I'm struggling. Each and every day, much of my life is spent emotionally struggling. Um, some, some people, it's not emotional, but it's relational. They don't feel like in their life that they have friends. And so they, they, they are relationally barren. You know, instead of prospering, they're financially, those, there are other people that are financially stressed. Another one is, 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 is instead of being fulfilled, they spend their life searching, longing, looking, trying to find what it is, you know, trying to find that next thing to, to fulfill their life. So their life is anything but flourishing. But ultimately, guys, that's the ultimate calling is that God wants us to be planted in the house of God. He wants our life to be flourishing. And so it goes on to say here in your notes there, what is it that we need to recognize? Point number one, your life is a seed. Your life is a seed. That's the blank. A seed has tremendous potential. Tremendous. Look at this picture. I brought this picture of an apple. We all going to know what an apple is, right? My son, he loves apples. I despise anybody. I need to invent something that will like take the, I know they already have them. They're, they go on a counter and you can just, right? But my son loves apples. But inside that apple is a seed. And that seed has what? Potential. It has potential. Show them the next picture, Jim. Look at this. Lines, rows and rows and rows of apple trees. Because what? They took that seed that we looked at before and they planted it in the ground. And as a result, it brought forth a tree which brings forth more apples, which brings forth more seeds. And that's what we're talking about. Your life is a seed. Your life has potential. Potential to grow, potential to multiply, potential to thrive, to bear fruit. But unfortunately, some people, they go through life and they don't plant the seed of their life in something. So what ends up happening is, is the seed lays dormant. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't produce anything. It doesn't go anywhere. It just, it just is there. Someone, and I, can't, I don't know where she went. She gave me a, this little uh, uh, thing here a couple uh, weeks ago, and it was a little piece of paper, and on it, was a mustard seed. Have you guys ever seen a mustard seed? It's like a speck of pepper. So small. And she, she had it on there and she taped it on there. And Wanda, you had to, I should have brought it, but it, you can look at it, right? The Bible talks about the faith of a mustard seed. And so I didn't bring a picture of a mustard tree seed, right? Or a, of, a, of a mustard seed plant, but this little tiny plant or little tiny seed produces something. She's got, well, she's got it right here. Look at this. She's got one too. You guys, everybody needs one of these. Look at this thing. You can't even see it. It's like smaller than a dot on a thing. Look at that. Look at that, Jeff. Can you believe that something grows out of that? All right, I'm going to give that back to her. Your life is a seed. It has potential, but it has to be what? It has to be planted. And that's the next point. A seed can only grow 
if it's planted. A seed can only grow if it's planted. How many of you guys remember uh, Jesus when he told the parable in Matthew 13? He talked about the, the, the different types of soil, right? Talked about the, the, uh, the farmer that went out and he planted a seed and he was just throwing it, throwing it, throwing it, right? Some of the seed fell what? On the path. And it, was, it fell on the hard path where everybody walked and all the stuff drove. And that seed could not go down into the ground. And so what ended up happening? The birds came in, they grabbed the seed and, they, and it produced nothing. The next one, it fell in some, to some what? Shallow soil. And, 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 and it sprang up right away. But then what happened? The, the sun beat down, the heat came, and it scorched that little plant. And it produced nothing. The third one, it, it, it sprung up pretty quick. But what ended up happening? There was, there was weeds and, and thistles and, and, and things that grew up beside it. And it choked out the seed. It choked out the potential of that seed. Isn't that like our lives? You know, sometimes, you know, we, 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 we fall into that place where we start real quick. We, we, we were into the things of God. We, we got planted and we started real quick. But then, you know, the heat and the pressure of life came in and, and scorched what it is that we were doing. Or, or the sun just, you know, the, the, the thorns and the thistles and the cares and the worries of life, they came in and began to choke out what it is that we're doing. But God doesn't want that. Remember the fourth type of soil. It was what? The good ground. And our lives are good ground and we need to be planted, right? In good ground, in a good church. I'm all for, I'm all for, you know, uh, Facebook and YouTube, I, I, I'm thankful for that because I believe that there are those that are out there that are just kind of testing the waters, trying to figure out if this is the place for them, trying to do what it is, find their way. And I, and I, I applaud that. But at some point, as believers, we have to go to a place where we as a family, a family of God, can come together and be planted. Even, you know, some of us are perfect and some of us are not. And we, we have to deal with that. We have to, we have to just work with that. Because why? We're a family. And God wants us to be planted in that thing so that we're in that good soil, so that we're producing. What does it go on to say in, in Matthew 13? Some of the seed produced 30 times. 60 times. 100. I don't know about you, but I want my life I don't want to be the seed that grows up and gets scorched by the heat, right? When, when the pressure's on, I get scorched. I don't want to be that person. I don't want, to be, I don't want the worries of, of this life to choke me out. I want to be planted in good seed, and I want my life to produce 30, 60, and 100%. And I pray that you guys do too. Going to church isn't the same as being planted. And what we say a lot is, is that, you know, and, and we hear it all the time, I, I've probably, no, actually, I don't know that I've ever said it because I work here, right? But, but you'll hear people say, well, are we going to church? Well, you know, I don't know, man, you know, I'm kind of tired, we we're kind of busy, you know, I don't know, we're, we're, I don't know, I don't know, we've been super busy. I don't know if we can make it, right? We got something going on, we got this, it's pretty close to church, I don't know if we can make it, you know? The person that's planted never says that. 
Now, when growing up, when I, when I was in Pastor Mike and Joan's home, it was never an option. We're going to church. Now, I know. They had to be here, right? But even with my kids, it's not even an option. You can ask them. We've never said, hey, you guys want to go to church this week? No, we're going to church because it's who we are. Now, I understand. I'm not trying to get legalistic that there are times where things come up and you can't be in church. I'm not, don't, 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 don't think that that's where I'm at. I'm just saying that church is who we are. It's what we do. You know, when I woke up yesterday morning, I didn't ask the kids, well, you guys want to eat today? <laughs> I didn't walk out and say, you guys want to eat today? No. Will's like up at seven. What are we eating? Right? I'll go right to Casey's and get some donuts, son. That's what I said. I didn't say, well, you know, guys, you want to breathe today? No, they just started doing it because it's who they are, right? My wife, I don't say, well, hon, you want to kiss today? <laughs> nah, I don't really feel like it. No, she doesn't say that. She kisses me all the time, Wanda. She loves me. But it's who we are. It's what we do. We go to church. We breathe. We eat. It's who we are. It's what we do. Because we're planted. We never say those things. Church is not a place you go. It's not a destination that you attend. It's not a building of people. It is the people inside. That's what makes up the church. The church is people. It's who we are. And God's church isn't a part of our lives. It is our lives. Ecclesia is really the, the, the Greek word for church. It's a gathering. It's an assembly and it goes on to say, it's called, they're called out. So the church is a gathering of people. And we're gathered today, and it's so good to see all of you. But we're gathered together to bring our gifts. We're, we're here to, to worship God. We just got to do that. We're here to give. We're here to share. We're here to encourage. We're here to pray, right? We're here to be built up. We're here to be strengthened. We're here to be encouraged. And then when it's all over with, what are we done? We do. We're called out. We're called to go out and share, right? Be that seed and, and plant into other people's lives and, and spread the, the word, what it is that's a part of us. We spread it and share it with others. Because God wants to be relationally connected with us. It's how he does it. He does it through the church. He does it when we're planted. He wants to talk to us. He wants to be with us. He wants to spend time with us, right? My kids, you know, I could send them a voicemail. Hey, how you doing? This is dad. You guys doing good today? Oh, you're doing good. Okay, great, great. Or text them, you know, text them, you know, through, through my phone and say, how are you guys doing today? But, but, but what do my kids want? And what do I want as their dad? I want a relationship with them. So when I'm working on a message on Saturday and my son comes in and he's got a swimming suit on, he's like, let's go, dad. Want to go swimming? Emily won't go swim with me. I'll go swim with you, son. Why? Because it's that gathering. It's that assembly. I want to gather with my son. And the same thing is true with God. When we come to church, he wants to gather. He wants to assemble with us because it's a relational connection. We're unified. We just, we just did this last week. The whole purpose behind you know, 
United Weekend and burgers and fries. Why? Because we want to gather people together. We want to assemble people together. We want them to sit and talk and, and share about life and how things are going and share struggles and pray with one another. That's what this is all about. So we can be built up. We're not going to be, we're not, we're not consumers. We're not here just to take. We're coming to give. We're, we're coming to, to invest and be a part of what it is and bringing the supply that we have in our lives. When you guys come, it's not just coming to church. We're not just going to church to sit in a pew, to listen to some great music, to sit here for 40 minutes and take up an offering and leave. That's not what it's about. When you come, you're bringing your supply. You're bringing your seed. You're coming to church and you're expecting that relational connection that we talked about. God, I'm coming with a bunch of other believers and I'm expecting you to show up. But, but if that's not the case, right? If, if, we, if we have a church full of people that have this kind of attitude, church is going to be boring. It is. I mean, you could, we, we can laugh. It's, it's funny. It's not funny. It won't be funny when the Lord doesn't show up. But man, I tell you what, when people that, that come to church with an expectancy and they're like, man, I, I'm here, I'm planted. Man, I know everything's not perfect. I know, I know I've been scheduled in there like for four weeks. I really don't know why, you know, but I'm planted. I want to be there. And we come with a good attitude. Man, God shows up. And it helps other people. It helps the people that show up that are new, that are searching, that are looking, Right? When they come in, it's like, man, I, someone came up to me and they shook my hand and they loved me and, and they appreciated me and, and they accepted me. We're inviting people to be a part. We want people to be a part. We want people to also become planted. We want to move them. We want to move them from going to church to being planted in the church. And so that's our goal. You know, person, uh, you know, a, a couple, uh, like an illustration for this is a person A, right? They come in, song spoke to them. Man, that, I love that second song. That song was amazing. It spoke to me. The day is complete, right? Did you hear pastor's message? Oh, it was amazing, right? Those, these are things that we say. Oh, this person walked up to me and they loved me, right? All, th th but that's, that's that consumer. That's that take thing. And, and the difference is, is like in person A, the person A is they, they stop. They don't make the, 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 the step to connect with people, to connect relationally. And they never begin to, to accept the mission and, and, and they kind of just watch and they never really give and they never really serve and they just kind of sit on the sidelines and they just take a little bit here and leave and take a little bit there and leave. That's person A. And then there's person B, and they do all of those things, but when they come to this place where they realize, wow, wow, this, this, I want to be a part of this. I want to be planted in this body. And so what they do is they take one more step, and they say, you know what? I'm going to be con become connected. I'm going to be involved. I'm going to bring what it is. I, I, I really don't know what to do, but I'm going to serve in this area. I'm going to serve in that area. I'm going to begin to tithe. You know, pastor talks about, you know, that when we tithe and we bring it, God will bless us for it. And they begin to make that commitment to do those things. And, and can I tell you the difference between person A and person B? I've been doing this long enough. I think I, I know. I think I've got enough clout in 18 years to be able to be a little bit no, right? I see people and they come and they, and they, they do their thing, but what ends up happening is the newness kind of wears off. Ah, oh, man, you know, I've heard that song. 
man, I've heard this message, right? And what ends up happening is their heart begins to grow cold. And they begin to just, what? Go to church. I'm just going to go to church. And what ends up happening is we see them come less and less and less and less. We're calling them on the phone. No answer, right? And then the next thing you know, we hear they got trouble. As pastors, we don't, we don't want that. What we want is we want the person B who continues to move forward, continues to get planted, continues to serve, begins to serve, begins to give. Why? Because we know, we know exactly what it says here that we're reading. Your life is going to flourish when you're planted. But so many people, they get, they get so consumed and so focused in on what it is that's not going right and what they don't like or how many times they had to serve. And I get it. We don't want to abuse that. But man, it's about being planted. It's about giving of your life. And when you give of your life, your life's going to flourish. And I tell you what, I could go around the room and I could, I could, I could point out people that have been planted in this church for years, decades, didn't happen overnight. And if you, if you sat down with them and you had a conversation with them, they could probably tell you, you know what? I was back there once. I went to church. I tried it. I wasn't really in. I didn't really agree with the mission. I didn't really give. I gave a little bit. But man, something went off on in the inside of them and they began to say, you know what? I'm going to plant my, myself and my family in the house of God. And I'm going to watch God flourish and bring flourishment to my life. And we could go around this room. So my encouragement to you is to be person B. Plant yourself in the house of God. There's a big difference between going to church and being planted in the house of God. Your life is a seed, and in order to grow, you must be planted. Point number two, what, happened when, what happens when you're planted? Number one, your roots grow deep. When you're planted, your roots grow deep. Look at Jeremiah 17, 8. It says, they are like trees planted along the river bank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. I don't know about you, but that verse is pretty applicable right about now. Right? We're living in some crazy times. The question is, are you like that tree that's planted by the riverbank where your roots go deep? I'm telling you what, man, the heat is on in the kitchen right about now. And, and my encouragement to you guys as believers, as my brothers and sisters in Christ, is that you get planted and you allow your roots to go deep and you don't let anything come between you and God. Because I mean to tell you, the pressure is on, the heat is on, the enemy is out to steal, kill, and to destroy. And I don't care how long you've been coming to church, man. He's, he's, he's subtle. He's crafty. And it has to be a non-negotiable in your life. I am going to stay and remain planted in the body of Christ. I don't care what happens. I'm going to stay. It's never going to be about going to church it's always going to be about being planted in the church. You know, I brought a picture with me of some redwoods. I've always 
thought it would be cool to go see these trees, but the Redwood National Park, these trees are the largest in the world. They can reach 30 stories tall. That's 300 foot for those of you that, you know, 300 foot, that's, that's tall. And, and they can be three stories wide. Flip to that other one. Look at this. I mean, you know, if it's an average of five and a half, six foot, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That's 48 feet, that tree there. But the, the roots of these trees go out like, like 150 foot, right? So how wide is this the sanctuary? It's 80 foot to the back wall, so it's about 150 foot, right? So if we put a big redwood tree, which is approximately the size of this stage, the, the, the roots go out that far. And the other thing that's amazing about these trees is they're 300 foot in the air, but when they grow next to another tree, the roots come together and they get, they just, it just builds this giant root system. And these trees are way up in the air and the winds can blow, and the heat can come, nothing affects them. And the same thing is true for us. When we come and we're planted, what happens? We, we, we put down roots. We're putting down roots right here. We're going to allow ourselves to grow. And what ends up happening? There are other people that come along. And they, they, they put down roots. And together we grow. And our root systems grow together. And we become stronger. And more people come in and say, come on in. We'd love to have you. And what adds, happens? They see that people are planted and they want to be a part, and so they plant, and the, and the roots grow together. And together, people grow, and, and their strength. And when the heat comes, and the pressure comes, they're unaffected. And that's what God wants for us. So your roots grow deep. Number two, your roots produce fruit. Jeremiah 17, 18 goes on to say, with roots that reach deep into the water, such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green. And get this, they never stop producing fruit. I don't care how old you are. God wants you to be producing fruit. If you're young, you're a young person, there's teenagers in here, you could be producing fruit. If you're, you're older in age, you could be producing fruit and continuing to produce fruit lay into your life. You know, Paul, in the, in the book of Galatians, he talked about what? The spiritual fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and what? Self-control. Those aren't just for us. You know, when we come together and we're, we're planted in the house of God and, and tough times come, what are we? We can be that help. We can be that encouragement. We can help people that are, that are struggling and we can encourage them. That's what he wants us to do with these fruits of the Spirit is to use them to bless other people, help other people to uh, see faithfulness and discover the thrill of being used by God. I brought a, a, a thing for you today. How many of you guys know what Red Bull is? About three winters ago, I discovered this stuff, and it is liquid gold, okay? It's amazing, right? Now listen, you need to get hooked on Red Bull. <laughs> Matt Fisher's scratching his head like, uh, are you really telling people to do that? It's just an illustration. I'm going to keep carrying it. But listen, listen, hear me out. 
when you begin to be used by God, right? When you step out, your, fear, your knees are shaking, and God brings an opportunity in front of you to pray for somebody. And you're thinking to myself and yourself, I've never prayed for anybody. And you're shaking. And you step out, and you pray for that person. It's like a shot of Red Bull to your veins, okay? I'm serious. I'm serious. We, we, we had uh, uh, some kids come to youth on, Saturday, or on Wednesday night, and I immediately loved these kids. I'm like, these guys are awesome. So I played some basketball with them, and uh, I just, she just told me that, that they, a couple of them gave their heart to Christ. Can I tell you guys that, that I'm, we're joking about Red Bull. I'm not giving this to Rach. She won't let me drink this stuff. But <laughs> listen, when, when, when God uses your life, even in the simplest of ways, I didn't pray with them. I was just there. Just shoot some hoops. Just be with them. Man, when, when, when God does something like that in your life, it's, it's, it's like, I've never taken drugs, but it's like taking drugs. It's a shot to your, to your system. And it's actually greater than I'm sure. Because why? Man, you're doing kingdom business. And, 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 and these people that we're reaching and that we're praying with and that we're helping, we're bringing them in. We're bringing them in and helping them to be a part of what it is. And, and we're securing an eternal life for them. And so my encouragement to you guys is, is to do that. Man, step out. Take that shot of Red Bull one time. And then do it again. And every opportunity that comes to you, you do it again, do it again, do it again. And I'm telling you, listen, when you serve within the body of Christ, that's what happens. God put, brings those situations into your life and you get to see firsthand a person's life changed. You get to see firsthand a person raise their hand and repent and walk the other way. You get to see firsthand a child that's in that room that, that travels years and they serve God. They leave this church and they serve God and they walk with God. Why? Because someone was saying, you know what? I'm going to go in there. I'm going to be a part. I'm going to influence. I'm going to bring my seed. I'm going to sow my seed. I'm going to sow my time. I'm going to sow my investment into this because it could be, it could have an amazing result in the life of someone else. So here's the challenge. This is where it's going to get tough. Do you really expect to defeat the power of the enemy by only going to church one time a month? No. There are people that spend more money in Starbucks drive-thru than they do in the church. Just look straight ahead. I won't look at you. You won't look at me. We, you just pretend like it didn't even happen, okay? There are people that spend more time on social media than they spend serving and going to church. And, and people expect their life to flourish and be blessed and be, you know, just everything that they have, you know, expectation that it is going to be, but yet they're not planted. They're just floating through, consuming. Now I get it. I get it. This church might not be for you. you might be, I don't like this guy. He really rubs me the wrong way, right? And that's okay because there's a lot of churches that are out there and they're preaching the word of God and I would encourage you to get planted in that place, to find that place. 
Now listen, if you think in your mind, they have a lot of issues at that church, and if you think, I'm going to go find a perfect church. (laughs) If you think that, and you do find a perfect church, do not go there, because you will screw it up. Okay? So when someone asks you, how are you doing? Man, I'm flourishing. I'm flourishing. Man, I've, I, I planted my, my, myself in the house of God with other believers. It isn't perfect. My life's not perfect. i got issues. There's things I'm still dealing with. But man, I'm planted. I'm planted in the house of God and my life is flourishing. I'm growing. I'm walking in faith each and every year. You know, God is blessing me in, in, in great ways. That's what you want your answer to be. And that's what God wants for you. So what does a seed need to grow and flourish? In your notes, what does a seed need to grow and flourish? It needs one, soil. That's a blank in your, in your notes. Soil, light, water, temperature, and time. They're up there. They will be. Just hit the down arrow. Soil, light, water, temperature, and time. Soil, light, water, temperature, and time. Soil is what? Your heart, right? Light is God's word. It says that the word of God is a light unto your path. It's a lamp in your life. Water is Jesus gives us what? Living water. Temperature is the the fire of the Holy Spirit, man, to warm that seed, to give you that drive, to to help you, to show you the, the potential that's in your life. And finally, time. When's the best play, time to plant a tree? My dad's always said this. 20 years ago, right? There isn't a day that goes by. I don't have a tree in my yard. We've lived there seven years. It's like, dang it. Should have planted a tree seven years ago. <laughs> then you got Al. He plants a tree, supernaturally glow, grows. His life is flourishing. His tree is flourishing. He's out there pruning it. It's growing high into the sky, right? I got nothing because I didn't plant nothing. It takes time. God wants your life to flourish. So let's stop going to church and let's be planted in the church. You know, I tried to get this picture because I thought a picture, you know, they say a picture's worth a thousand words, right? I can, I'll never forget it. I was, I think Will's age, about five years old. My grandpa, he had this blue Ford F-150. And so if anybody ever wants to give me a blue, blue Ford F-150, go ahead and bring it. It's like a 70s, 70s era truck. If you want to give that to me, I would take it. Humbly take it. I want it lowered, needs 20s and a big block engine, loud pipes, okay? But anyway, <laughs> I'll never forget it. You know, we were out there and dad had this, it was an L shape. It went it went east to west, and then it went south a little bit. And Dad bought, like, I don't even know, hundreds of these little evergreen trees, right? And we're out there digging these holes, you know? And Dad's so smart. I mean, this guy, you got to give it to him. He is smart because he planted these things. And then you know who had to mow it all? Me. Round and round and round we go for years. Round and round and round we go. Round and round and round we go. I had to mow around these Evergreen trees, they didn't grow. They're just slow, real slow, real slow, real slow, right? Didn't grow real fast. But man, 
when dad sold the, the house, those trees, I didn't have to mow around them anymore because I was gone. I'm like, I refuse to be used like this to mow around your trees. You find someone else to mow around those trees. But by then they were so big that he didn't have to mow around them, right? There's no grass underneath of them. It didn't matter. But these things grew up and they blocked the wind, the, the, the cold north wind that blew on the house. It, it blocked it. So when you walk out, it wasn't like, Shh, right? It blocked it. And I mean to tell you, I've driven past that place a couple times and those trees are still up and strong and flourishing and they're there to, to help. And so my encouragement to you today is, I don't know, I don't know, maybe you're not planted. Maybe you're kind of like that person A where it's like, yeah, you know, I'll take it or leave it. Give a little here, give a little there. Can I tell you, I, you should really think about, and I challenge you to become that person B that we talked about, where you become planted. Because I'm telling you, when you do it, like those evergreen trees, 15, 20, 30 years from now, you'll look back when they were in the little buckets and you were mowing around them. Oh my gosh, we're mowing. Oh, we're driving to church again. We're driving. It's 30 miles. It's 40 miles. It's no different. Mowing around the evergreen tree. That's what I'm doing. I'm complaining the whole time. I'm mowing around these evergreen trees. Maybe I'll just mow them off, right? But like right now, you know, you might be new to the things of God. You might be new to the church. And it's like, I don't know if I really want to put in all this time, energy, and effort. I really don't want to give the hard-earned money that I have. It's not about that. It's about planting your life and knowing that man, God said in his word, in the book of Psalms, that if you plant your life, he will cause it to flourish. It may not be today and it may not be tomorrow, but man, 20, 30 years from now, you'll look back and you'll be like, I'm so glad that I planted myself in the house of God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just come before you today. We thank you, Father God, for your word in our lives. We're so thankful, Father, for what it is that you have done. We're so thankful, Father, that you want our lives to flourish. And so today, Father God, we just recommit our lives to you, Father. If we've fallen into this trap, Father God, of just going to church, if we've thought about it that way, Father, we just repent right now. And we ask you to forgive us for that kind of thinking. And Father God, we just ask you that you would just convict us, help us, strengthen us, Father God, to move to that place of being planted in the house of God. That no matter what, no matter the heat, the wind, the waves, no matter what comes our way, Father, we'll, we'll remain planted because we know that it will stand the test of time and that our lives will flourish as a result. So I don't know everybody that's in here, but with every head bowed and every eye closed, if, if you're in that place and you are, maybe you don't know Christ as your Savior. Maybe you need to just get right with God. If you're that person, just raise your hand. If you need to get right or you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Just raise your hands. Is there anybody in here? Okay. All right. Father, we just come before you. And we thank you, Father, for the seed that has been sown into our lives, Lord, this day. Father, we don't take it lightly. Father, as a church, we are called out. And Father, we have received something today, Father, 
And so now as we end this service, Father, we are going to get up and we are going to go out and we are going to reach those, Father, that are looking and searching for answers. And we just thank you, Father, for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. amen. All right. Our life is a seed. We get to practice it right now. We're going to take this opportunity to sow into the kingdom of God. Listen, there isn't any better thing to sow your seed into. That good ground that we talked about in the parable where it, where it produces in our life, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. That's what you're doing. You're planting seed into the house of God. And we continue to move forward, continue to sow. And so you can give uh, via text. So one, two, three, five, five, seven, eighty. It's a sweet little number. Just text it. Text give and the amount. It'll cue you. Put in your credit card numbers. And if you can't, come find me. I'll help you do it. I'd be more than happy to help you do it. Uh, no problem. Once we set it up, it'll be super easy. So let's pray. Father, we just come before you. We thank you, Father, for this opportunity that we have to sow into your kingdom. It's, it's exciting to be a part of kingdom business. It's exciting. There are exciting times that we live in, Father God, and we don't draw back. But Father, we press forward in what it is that you are doing in this, in this earth today. You said that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. And we believe that with all of our hearts. And so today we thank you that we get to be a part of kingdom business and pushing and advancing the kingdom of God. And we thank you, Father, for it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. Uh, I don't think we're passing buckets yet, but if you texted it, we also have that. Before you go, just a word of encouragement. In the book of Galatians, we're given a promise that we are redeemed from the curse. Now, I could have spoke about that today, but it just kind of came to me. That, you know, we've been going through this thing for since March. Very little crickets have been said about this very thing. You need to know that if you are a child of God, you have been redeemed from the curse. What does that mean? It means that you're immune. You know, I talked to somebody here months ago. He's like, man, I just wish I could get COVID. I'm like, what? I wish I could get COVID, then I'd be immune. And I was like, you're already immune. He's like, what do you mean? I said, because Jesus, he took a stripe for this. And so we are redeemed from the curse. We're redeemed from every curse. The one that's being named right now, not right now, and those that are going to be named are redeemed. So you can walk confidently. You can walk boldly. You can walk knowing, you know what? No plague will come near my dwelling. So, I want you guys to be blessed. Stand. Greet those. We love you guys. You guys are dismissed. Go and be blessed. We love you. We'll see you on Wednesday night.